Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Mavs Moneyball Podcast, Episode 2. I am your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today. My good friend and co-host, Chris Gross of Can I Get a Podcast, came on to join me to talk about where the Mavs sit in the lottery and a little fun exercise he ran earlier today. And we'll get into one of the Mavs who doesn't get talked about enough. But first, we have to get into everyone's favorite, everyone's GOAT, Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk is 17 points away from tying 18 points away from passing Will Chamberlain for sixth on the all-time NBA scoring list. And the building will absolutely explode when it happens. I was there when Dirk had his 30,000th point against the Los Angeles Lakers, a little 18-foot fadeaway right over Larry Nance Jr. And the building went absolutely nuts. I don't think I've heard the building that loud probably since the 2011 finals, honestly. Um, There hasn't been much to cheer about since then. But that was one of the coolest nights in Mavs history, one of the coolest nights I've been a part of. Just as as a per, as a sports lover, as a person who loves the game and appreciates these great milestones, Dirk's about to get another one. Hopefully he does it at home either today against Cleveland or on Monday before they go on the road. And that, it's just going to be awesome, again, just to appreciate Dirk in what's probably his last season. Just another, um, Just another chance to appreciate what he's done for the franchise and how graceful he's been and how gracious he has been. To everyone involved with the Mavs, whether that's fans, that's players, coaches, media, and all that, Dirk is the quintessential nice guy superstar. He's not hes not your typical superstar. He makes time for everybody. So let's give a big congratulations to Dirk. I know it's preemptive, but it's going to happen. Dirk, we love you, man. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Um, I'm not sure if this is even a top three milestone in Dirk's career, which is absolutely crazy. He is a 14-time All-Star. He's an MVP. He's an NBA champion. But I'm not sure if this is one of the top three moments you can think of of Dirk Nowitzki's career. I think 30,000 is definitely up there just the way it happened, the way he turned back the clock and just went off for a quarter and a half. I think that was really cool. Obviously, the championship is up there at number one. But I think when he you know, when he got 20,000 points at home, he did it on a baseline jumper. I still remember it. I don't know if this is one of Dirk's top three milestones in his career. Hit me up on Twitter at jcoopjr27. Let me know what you guys think about this. Is this one of Dirk's top three milestones? Let's just get into the Mavs as a whole real quickly right here. They're one in 10 in their last 11 games. They sit with the NBA's sixth worst record and the tank is on. I think the tank's fully on at this point. If there's any slight injury to any player, especially like a guy like Luka, a guy like Brunson, a guy like Kleber, who they know is going to be part of their future I think those guys are going to sit out the games they're going to be they want to make sure these guys are absolutely 100% to give it a go next year and um so they are one in 10 in their last 11 games but it was a really cool moment earlier this week Christoph Porzingis his first five on five practice since his ACL injury last February so 13 months almost to the date I think 13 months to where he has resumed basketball activity and Rick Carlisle was absolutely beaming about him uh, every Kristaps was really happy. He didn't actually. What was interesting was that he didn't completely close the door on coming back this year. But Mark Cuban told Brad Townsend of the Dallas Morning News in a one one word email, "quote No." Unquote. So if you had any any optimism that Kristaps Porzingis was going to play in a Mavs uniform this season, that probably shut you down. I'm sorry. I was one of those people who thought it could happen possibly. But it just sounds like that's just not going to happen. They're going to stick to their plan that they put together in New York. They're going to follow it through here in Dallas. And hopefully when Kristaps uh, Chris takes the court for the Mavericks, he will have a nice, shiny, five-year, $158 million deal to go with it. And some free agents and Luka Doncic. And it'll be great. And we'll see what happens. So thanks for joining me here on the Mavs Moneyball Podcast. When we come back, 
You've probably heard of him before. It's my good friend and co-host of Can I Get a Podcast on KESM1033.com. It's Chris Gross. We're going to talk about an experiment Chris did earlier today that's really interesting that you guys will want to hear about. We're going to talk about a Mav who probably hasn't gotten the love that he deserves this season. So that's coming up next right here on the Mavs Moneyball Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Mavs Moneyball Podcast, Episode 2. I'm your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein. Absolutely thrilled and proud to bring on the co-host of Can I Get a Podcast, my co-host of Can I Get a Podcast, Chris Gross. Chris, what's up, dude? What's up, Jeffrey? Good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks for coming on with me. Uh, much appreciated. We have a lot to talk about today. There's a lot of math stuff going on around the world. But first, I want to talk about a little exercise you did earlier just just what 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 did you do and and what were the results of this exercise? So just to kind of sum things up really quickly, the Mavs are pushing for a for a draft pick. The fight for a playoff spot has been long over, and now the conversation is, are they going to be able to lose enough to try and sneak their way into that top five protected so they can get a draft right. pick? And so my favorite website over the last week and a half, two weeks or so, is tankathon.com. Man, tankathon is you can spend hours on tankathon. Now, tankathon.com gives you uh it gives you the current draft order yep. if the season ended today. What it also does is it gives you a percentage of a team to get a top 4 pick, but also for a team to get the top overall pick. Okay. Currently on tankathon, the Mavs are sitting with sixth best odds or they have the sixth, sixth worst, worst record. record. Which means a 37.2% chance to get a top four pick and a 9% chance of getting the number one overall pick. I got to tell you, I like those odds at the moment. They and can improve, but yeah. I like them. And here's what I've been doing. I visited this website like three times in the past week. And within the other thing you can do is there's a button that says Sim Lottery because, you know, with the way the NBA works with the lottery, um, with the ping pong balls. It's different. It's not just straight up right. where you finish is your draft spot. So you sim lottery and it runs through all these percentages. Dude, the last three times I've or the la- I've come to the website three times the last week. Each time I've done it, only one or two clicks and the Mavs get a top two pick. Man, I have not had the same luck with Tankathon, dude. It takes me six or seven sims every time to even yeah. get the Mavs in the top five, let alone them having the top pick. Well, let me tell you, that was the epitome of small sample size. Because I decided today I was going to run Sim Lottery a hundred times. How I, did you have the time for that? Uh, I made time because I thought it was going to be important. Awesome. This was something that was important to me, so I took the time out to do it. I ran the Sim a hundred times. The Mavs got the, do you want to know, I'll let you pick, the one that was most, the one they got most heavily or the number of times they got the number one overall pick. What's the one they got most often? The seventh pick. That doesn't bode well for Mavs. They got that 24 out of 100 times. So pretty much. Because if you've been under a rock, you know the Mavs, or you, if you have not been under a rock, you know that the Mavs need a top five pick in order to retain it. They got the number one overall pick 10 times. So and the 10%. percentage was 9% to get the top pick? So my sim, they got it one more time than they should have, according to the tankathons.com's number one overall projection. You know what? I think you have to be happy with that. I think so. I think what's interesting is the way the NBA works with the draft lottery and the, the ping pong balls, the Mavs, they can't get the fifth pick. Right. Where they sit right now. So I'm going to do some quick math here. Quick math? 
based on how many times I ran it out of 100, the number of times they ended up in the top five, 44 times. So 44% of the time, they ended up with a pick. Now, that's almost half, Chris. I don't know if you knew that. It is, and that's nice. But the thing about this draft is it's not, I'm not excited about it being four deep. Right. As I said last week here on the Mavs Moneyball podcast, uh, I think it's a two player draft. I think you have Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett both out of Duke. And I think, and you know what? I'll even throw John Morant in there. But Williamson and Barrett are the two guys that can come in right away and help a winning team. And that's what the Mavs, yeah. you know, that's all indications are pointing. That's what the Mavs are going to be next year. And and I agree. I like all those guys. Morant's a really nice player, but he just doesn't fit with the he, Mavericks. It, it would be, and I like Morant a lot, but I think it would be another Dennis Smith Jr. situation yeah. where he would need to have the ball in his hands and Luka would, and it wouldn't work out. A, a team who needs a nice point guard who's able to score, but also able to dish like, we'll take Morant. Like a like a Chicago Bulls, uh, yeah. Phoenix Suns, that type. Yes. He does not fit the Mavericks. No, he does not fit the Mavericks. So 10% getting the number 1 overall pick. I like that. You know what? Me too. I w- I would be I would be thrilled if they got it. You know, it's a 1 out of 10 chance, but we'll see what happens. We're going to transition here. Chris, thanks for that exercise by the way. Awesome exercise to do. We're going to transition here. We're going to talk a little Jalen Brunson here because I think Jalen Brunson right now is the hot topic in Mavsland at the moment. People, I mean, Jalen Brunson is starting to play himself into Rick Carlisle's head. Going to have to make some decisions on Jalen Brunson next year, what his role might be. Is he going to be the backup point guard that comes off the bench? Or is Jalen Brunson going to be in the starting lineup? Uh, This week, he had his career high, 34 points in a loss. I forget who that was against. But uh, he had, you know, he had his career high, and he's been playing by far his best basketball of his career. So what are your thoughts on Brunson at the moment and where you think his future can go? I like the future of Brunson. I was big on the pick when they took him, but I like you thought he was going. He wasn't going to be a significant contributor, um, especially in the starting lineup, I, especially in his rookie year. I wasn't expecting a whole lot, but after the trade, and you got rid of so many guys, you knew you were going to have to have a guy like Jalen Brunson step up, and you've seen it with the injuries they've had too. Luca's missed a couple games. I like Brunson a lot, and. Scoring 34 points, that scoring he hasn't seen since high school. Yes, he never scored. I don't I don't think he scored 34 in college at all. So. Yeah, it's so he's doing things that and look, he was a player of the year at Villanova. Absolutely. And so you're doing things you didn't do in a player of the year season in college basketball. And I don't know what it is. Like you said, maybe playing in Carlisle's system, but I I very much like the future. And what's even greater about this is it's not like this was your main guy you took in the draft. This right. was a guy you got thirty, almost 30 picks after Luka. Yeah, you got him exactly 30 picks. Yeah. You got him with the 33rd pick. Luka was picked third. So, uh, yes, Brunson, definitely a good surprise for the Mavs this year. Another another variable that adds to the situation is what is going to happen with J.J. Barea coming off that torn Achilles. Is he going to be able to play right away? I don't think so. But when Barea comes back, does Brunson... You know, I think that'll shift Brunson's role a lot because maybe Brunson will start off the bench to begin the season. But when Brea comes back, you, obviously Brea is not starting. Would that move Brunson into the starting lineup, getting another point guard? I know that sounds kind of strange, but I mean, I think that could be the case. I can see it. I think, especially right now, he's playing well enough. And the other thing that's interesting, speaking of small sample sizes, we did last time. I mean, this isn't happening in small sample size. Jalen Brunson's up there. He's playing twenty minutes a game, so you're seeing it in chunks. Now, if he's starting, you want to see that number go up, and I get that. But 
He started this year, and we've seen him get starts. So it's not something he can't handle. The other thing about Brunson that I like is I, I think he just has the intangibles. Like Absolutely. A, a guy who knows how to win that was all he did in college won two national championships in three years yeah that's pretty good and just sometimes I think certain intangibles don't translate well but bringing in a guy who is going to be overshadowed by Luca in every way on this team but Brunson's a guy who can handle that so I wanted to touch on this do you and Rick Carlisle always had a bad reputation being super hard on rookies and rookies just not thriving in the yeah. system well, Luka Doncic is going to win Rookie of the Year, and Jalen Brunson is obviously thriving in Rick Carlisle's system. What's the difference between Luka and Brunson and a guy like Dennis Smith, who obviously Rick just didn't get along with? I, I don't want to like tear anyone down when I say this, but I think it's the player. I, I, I don't think Rick Carlisle says, I'm going to treat Jalen Brunson every, any different than I'm going to treat Dennis Smith Jr. And I don't know Dennis Smith Jr., and again, I, I don't mean this to be an attack on him, but when you everything you hear from Brunson, when he speaks to the media, the way we see him play, the way he handles his emotions, I think he's a guy who can come in and can take that tough love, however you want to label it, what Rick Carlisle says. And look, Rick Carlisle may be tough. It, it may be difficult. But I guarantee you Rick Carlisle's not doing this to embarrass you. Rick Carlisle knows what it takes to to have a point guard who is successful in the NBA. And I think he does it out of wanting to bring the success out of you. I think it's shown with Jalen Brunson. I, I don't know if you go to a different coach if Jalen Brunson's playing the same way he is now. So the Mavs have, what, about 15 games left? I think 14 left. 14 left in the regular season, counting tonight's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, what do you want to see out of Brunson for the rest of the year? Do you, do you think he can keep on this steady progression? Will he hit a wall? What do you think? I don't. Obviously, hard to predict, but and, and here's the the tough thing because you do have the 34 point game, and that's what's tough with Brunson because you don't want to, you you obviously want to think about that and you want to keep that in your mind, but it's it's impossible to try and keep up that kind of when you when you're held to a 34 point standard yeah, as a it. rookie, it's tough. I the, mean, he he might not hit 34 points for the rest of his career. What's interesting about Brunson, he's one of only six guys is six rookies to hit the 30 point mark i think it's seven i believe seven you have the top five the top five picks in the draft you have kevin knox who was drafted ninth you're right and then brunson and then brunson who's taken 33rd yeah so the one guy outside of the top nine picks who's hit that i just want to see consistency from here down from here on there's really nothing else i can expect i don't i think his i think his shooting's fine that doesn't worry me all I want to see is consistency, and I'd like to see, hey, you know, if you want to throw him a start here or there, because these games don't really mean anything down the stretch, putting him in different situations, maybe a game where he plays, you know, 30 minutes, something like that. And I know Rick Rick said this literally the day after they drafted him, and he said it quite a lot over the season. Brunson, he, he and the Mavs staff had Brunson projected as a top 15 player in this draft. And they were able to get him at 33. So it's a why, steal. It's an absolute steal. And why, But why do you think he did slip to 33? Is it because he just lacked the pure raw athleticism? I mean, when you see a guy who won two national championships in three years and was the national player of the year on one of those teams, you would think he'd get a little more love from the NBA scouts. I think because 
I think you're right with the athleticism. And you just see a, and I say this in the best and nicest way possible, he's just a, he's just a boring player. Yes, no, that, absolutely. That's a perfect way to describe him. That he does what needs to be done, but he doesn't really do anything in a in a flashy way. And if you want to, you know, he's not going to be, he's not driving for spectacular dunks. He's not making, you know, Trey Young threes from the logo. He's not doing that. I don't know why he slipped, but even to me when they drafted him at 33rd, everything you were saying was, this is nothing but a win for the Mavericks. Because I don't think there was any downside to him being there and you saying, there should have been, especially if you had him top 15 on your board, there shouldn't have been any qualms about, like you said, a guy who wins national championships, who was in a in a strong class winning player of the year, that's impressive. Oh, it absolutely is impressive. So shout out to Jalen Brunson having a big rookie year for the Mavs. Obviously, Luka Doncic is the prize possession of the Mavs 2018 draft, but Jalen Brunson's a pretty good, nice second prize for him. It's going to go down as, and we'll see what Brunson becomes, but it's another impressive Donnie Nelson draft class. And for those of you that don't think Donnie Nelson does anything, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Just look at this draft class and that'll give you all you need to know. That's for the people who don't who root for the Mavericks but don't clearly watch the games. Right. You're not paying attention to what's going on. No, you're not. So you should pay attention for the next 14 games. See what happens with the Mavs, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll probably do it again at some point. I hope to be on. Sounds good. Just wanted to give you guys what the next week or so looks like for the Mavs. They have the Cavaliers tonight, Saturday. If you're listening to this on Sunday, I apologize. They have the Cavaliers on Saturday at 730. They have the Pelicans on Monday at 730. Hopefully by then, Dirk will have passed Wilt Chamberlain for six all-time on the NBA scoring list. But if not, the Mavs go on the road for three. They have the California slash Oregon road trip. They have Portland, Sacramento, and the Warriors before Sacramento comes home. And Harrison Barnes much anticipated return to the American Airlines Center. And then they have the Heat and the Thunder next. So not a not a uh, easy schedule for the Mavs coming up. Some fans will like that. Some fans won't. We've talked about the tanking ad nauseum. You know what it is. So that is your week ahead for the Mavs. So that will wrap up episode two of the Mavs Moneyball podcast. Thanks so much to Chris Gross for joining me today. Thanks so much for you guys joining me today, as the podcast obviously does not happen without listeners. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris is Gross, K-R-I-S-I-S-G-R-O-S-S. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jcoopjr27. Please don't hesitate to send me any Mavs questions you might have, anything you want me to talk about on next week's pod, or any random question you might have. You guys know I love Dallas sports. I love the Longhorns. So please ask me any question you guys might have. I try to respond to everyone, so bombard me with your questions. Once again, that's at jcoopjr27 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you like to download and listen to your favorite podcast. And as always, you can listen on MavsMoneyBall.com. Just go to the podcast hub and you'll find it there. Please subscribe, leave a review. You never know, it might get read on the podcast. I like to read everyone's reviews on the podcast. As long as it's positive, please leave a nice review for me. I don't want my feelings to be hurt. So do that. Once again, this has been Mavs Moneyball Podcast. I've been your host, Jeffrey Cooperstein. We'll see you next weekend with another edition. Hopefully a special guest will join, and we'll talk to you then.